Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. Our podcast exists to inspire advisors to increase their profitability and quality of life for themselves and their clients. My name is Justin Lake, and I'm one of your hosts. This week, we have a special episode. You will get to see and hear a live recording from a recent event, specifically for entrepreneurs that Wes had the privilege of speaking at as the main guest speaker. We hope you enjoy. So without further ado, I'll let Wes introduce himself, but Wes uh, is a known him for many years, almost 20 years now. Uh, and he uh, is, uh, is, a, is an amazing uh, financial strategist, um, but it's also, he's also pure kingdom. So uh, he kind of really saved our butts during the, uh, the recession of uh, the Great Recession. And uh, I, without him, uh, I wouldn't probably be standing here in this room right now. <laughs> At least not with, uh, be homeless. No, just kidding. But uh, we made it through, and we didn't declare bankruptcy during that time, and now we're prospering, and, and thanks to Wes, he's helped us look through that process. So without further ado, Wes Young. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ken Renner. You know, I've known Ken, I bet, for 20 years, almost two decades now, and, uh, and Jeff Lewis, so great friends of mine, and just, uh, just excited to be here with you. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. I do want to give you a little disclaimer as I kind of set up the content for today, because it's a little different. And, and, but with a room this size, with this many people in the room, some of you might leave here a little offended. Okay. And so, and I don't want you to leave here offended in silence. I want you to actually reach out to me if you, if you do find some of this offensive as I go through it. Um, again, my name is Ken Renner and my website is, God, just kidding, just kidding. No, I, uh, I, I do think you're going to like what we talk about today, but if, if you don't, you know, you, you can reach out to Ken, you know, day or night, the later, the better, you know, have some, dr- have some drinks first, get your mind around your thoughts, you know, and I'll reach out to him. No, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, I want to, I want to go a couple places with you. And, and I think when we're done here, there should be some things that are immediately actionable that are, that are really help you think and see and ultimately move a little more powerfully. Um, so I have a question for you and I, and I want you to think back, you know, this one you can, you can answer on your inside voice, but uh, some of these questions I'll ask you, I want you to just speak out. This one, Think back with me. What was your first job? You remember the first one you got like a real check for from a, like a paycheck. So, so mine was at a blockbuster video. You remember those? Yeah. I, I was, you know, just by way of context, I'm 45. I was 15 years old at the time. And, and I made $4.25 an hour. That was the minimum wage at the time. And, and my job was to put the tapes back on the shelf. Um, ta- tapes were these things that we used to watch movies on. Okay, so... I put the tapes back on the shelves, and, and, uh, and, and I remember having this thought, and I don't know if you ever thought this. I thought, when I'm making another dollar an hour, I'm going to be rich, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have all this extra money, and I thought, because you know why? I, I had a 15-year-old gap between where I was and where I wanted to be, and another dollar an hour got everything on my list, right? And, and it was funny. You remember, you remember you looked at people that were a couple income levels above you and thought, how do you have financial problems? You, know, you, you ought to be throwing a party. You make so much more money, and a funny thing happened is many years later, I was making a lot more money. And do you think my gap went away? No. In fact, I think I got bigger and more complicated, right? Because there's a, a fundamental reality that I think we want to start out here with today, a truth, if you will. Um, and, and, and we can navigate this well, or we can ignore it to our detriment, I think. And that's this, that all of us, all of us have a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And the gap never goes away. It just moves. It just evolves. No matter how much success you have, no matter how far down the road you get, this thing in us and you and me, and I believe every person on the planet, I believe by the hand of God, we have a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And in its healthiest sense, 
it's actually a really good thing. It's one of those beautiful things about people because it's where progress comes from. It's where that faith lives. Faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things we've not yet seen. And so, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He put that thing in us, in you and in me, to where we want to make today better than yesterday and tomorrow better than what it is today. We can't help it. Now, now we talk about it in a healthy sense because I also get people that say, but, but gosh, isn't it? aren't you supposed to be at peace with where you are? And, and I do think that that's true too. I do think you should have that. I think there's a fine line though between going from peace to passivity. And I don't think that the absence, I think the absence of ambition has nothing to do with peace. In fact, I think if you don't have a bigger vision for your tomorrow than your current today, I don't think you can have peace where you are on your way to where you're going. And so as we think about this and we talk about it, I want to harness the power of what, what, what this is. And I want to kind of talk about some of the tricky parts of it as well. Because as we think about it for, for all, in all of our lives, as we've got this gap between where we are and where we want to be, I think there's some reasons that we have this tendency if, if, to go too far one way or the other. And, and, and where we were built to be is more in the middle. We were built to travel light, to have an exciting vision, a grateful condition as we navigate from where we are to where what could be next. And, and, and here's the things I think we got to be aware of is sometimes things that will lead us to a place of passivity is failure right? And we could all tell our stories about times we did stuff. We had a big vision. We were excited about it. And then something happened. Life happened. And it set you back. And it puts you in a place where maybe you just kind of said, well, is it even worth it? Because I tried that before and I got hurt. And it could have been your fault. It could have been something done to you, something completely outside of your control. But I think, I think failure in life oftentimes puts us to a place of passivity. And that's a heavy way to live. I think also success. Success can put you in a place of passivity. You keep achieving and moving and going forward. And, and, and after enough revolutions of that, sometimes you arrive at that place where you say, is there more? Is this it? Or am I doomed to this forever? Why do I even try to go to the next thing? Because I'm not finding the satisfaction that I'm looking for. Here's the really tricky part. It can go the other way too. It can go the other way. And in fact, if you're wired like me, where like I'm, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram 7. And, and that's an ancient personality profiling system. And that just means I'm an enthusiastic visionary. So I eat the future for breakfast. I mean, I am like so excited about what could be and, and should be. But here's the thing that can happen to me if I'm not careful. is I get so focused out here on where I want to go that I'm not even enjoying where I am. In fact, instead of it being like, like exciting and I'm inspired by what's possible, I become frustrated that I'm not there. And I live in that place of revolutionary frustration. And so so either way, if we go too far one side or the other, life gets heavy. And as we're navigating our gap, we were not built to live life heavy. And I think what we're going to talk about is some ways that Jesus actually invites us into a place of peace, but also a place of, of that, that future that we could achieve and, and it's exciting and it's, it's being happy with where you are and excited about where you are on your way to where you're going and where you can live life light. In fact, Lou Holtz, you guys know who Lou, Lou Holtz is. He was a great coach, and he's uh, now a commentator. You might see him on, like, college game day. But he has a saying. He said, it's not the load that breaks you down, but how you carry it. You know what? And I believe that with all my heart. We've got this gap, whether we recognize it and talk about it or not, between where we are and where we want to be, that never goes away. It just moves. So if it's going to be there, we might as well learn to enjoy it, right? We might as well learn to live it to its fullest extent. In fact, I think that's where Jesus invites us to this and. Matthew wrote about this, documented, and I'm going to talk about one area of, of, that he documented. Matthew, just as an aside, was a very interesting person. Um, if you ever get a chance to read Matthew's gospel in light of what he did for a living, Matthew was an economical guy. Like he was big, he was, he was a tax collector, right? 
and, and tax collectors back in those days were not thought of well. Not, not that any of you are super excited about them now, but, um, but Matthew was like a corrupt IRS agent. And, and so he views the lens of, of, of like a lot of the stories that he's recording in the life of Jesus through a lot of that lens. So there's really unique things there. But this one particular uh, passage in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all you who are tired of carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you'll find rest for I'm humble and gentle in spirit. The load I give you is easy. The burden I give you is light. I want you to think about that with me as we kind of open this up today. Because what, what he didn't say is your life will be absent of any kind of burden, right? In fact, what does C.S. Lewis says? He says, life with God doesn't mean absent of adversity. It means peace in the middle of it. And I love that, right? Because you were built. And the, what else is his favorite scripture everybody else has up on their window when they get started in the morning on their mirror? In this world, you will have trouble, right? We love that one, don't we? Yeah, nobody puts that on the bathroom mirror, but it's in there. It's in there like everything else. So it's not an absence of adversity, right? It, it's a piece in it. And so, so with this reality, think about what, what Jesus said. He said, hey, come to me, all you who are tired of carrying heavy loads. Another version says labor and heavy laden. If life is heavy, you feel labored down and heavy laden. And, and then what he says, and I'll give you rest. Now, what's he mean? I'm going to give you a vacation. Sometimes, you know, you can take vacations. Those are fun and those are good. But that's not where he's going with this. He says, take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? You know, this denotes work, right? It went on an animal and we were going somewhere and doing something and accomplishing things because you were built for that. In fact, in your greatest satisfaction, some of the things God has you do with him are gonna be some of your greatest days and they will be full of struggle and they will be full of adversity that you have to overcome, but you're gonna be light as you travel through it because he says, you yoke up with me, you, you think about my way of doing and being and what, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna give you peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And, and if you say it again, it's my burden, is easy, my load is light. Well, doesn't mean you're out to be without a load. So, so as we navigate this gap, this adventure, life does not have to be an endless set of problems that you're constantly solving. It could be an exciting adventure that you're pursuing. But what it has to be is we have to condition ourselves to view things like our Heavenly Father views them as we navigate this gap. And I think there's things that we can all do that put us in a really good position to couple with that thinking around how we navigate our businesses and and all the aspects of life that we care about. So I do have a question for you. This one, I want, to, I want a response. I want you guys to answer this out loud. Um, and this is going to feel like a right turn. I promise it's not. I promise it's, it's going somewhere with this. If I was to sneeze right now, what would you say? Bless you. That's right. Why? That's right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't know either, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what's great is, is like my, so then years ago, uh, somebody, we were at the dinner table, somebody sneezed at my mom. So she's like, why do we do that? We were like, what? That's just what you do. And she said, no, why do we do it? So, you know, I decided I was going to actually investigate the matter. And so I went to that bastion of truth, which is the internet. And, and I Googled it, right? And, and so, um, and, and, and I came up, there were really three primary popular answers to that question, why we say it. And the first one, and then, by the way, this has existed for thousands of years in all kinds of languages uh, that people have some response to that sneeze of, of what is our equivalent of bless you. And, and the first one, or one of them, not the most popular, but one of them was, it was a sign of well-wishing. Because if you sneezed, it might be a sign you're coming down with something, right? So they're like, hey, bless you, be of good health. I hope you're not coming down with something. Another one that's kind of creepy is it was a sign of an evil spirit leaving or entering your body, right? And, 
And so if, I guess if that was true, you'd be like, hey, bless you. You know, it's like, you know. But the most popular, hands down, without question, was we inherited that response. That's it, right? You don't know why we say it. We say it because everybody else said it. And, and, and you know, that's, that's funny when we talk about stuff like that. But isn't this interesting? Isn't it true that a lot of times when we're navigating our gap between where we are and where we want to be, we're doing it based off of inherited responses into our daily lives. Like all of us have a normal. We have a current way we go about making progress. And you can follow me around. I can follow you around and kind of watch how you move through life. And, and we figure out your normal. Your normal is almost like an autopilot. You can do it on muscle memory. And all of us can have a new, and a, few, a new is a future transformed way of doing all that same stuff. And, and we, teach, we teach in an advisory community quite a bit in, in, my, in my area of expertise. And one of the things we talk to him all the time about is our greatest opportunity to recognize our future possibilities it's not about abandoning your normal necessarily. Also not about rejecting new. It's about keeping tension alive between the two. Because here's what I think this, this brings us to. So you, like you all inherited things in your life. Maybe if you grew up in a family that prioritized health. Like maybe they were like, we go to the gym. That's what we do as a family. We eat this way. That's what we do as a family. And you, you inherited that and you do it. You don't know why you do it. It's just people like you do things like that. And, and that's a, probably a good thing to have inherited. But isn't it true, too, that all of us have probably inherited some things either from people or culture or, or from a past version of ourselves, a younger version of ourselves, that we might not be serving us as well anymore? And so what I want, as we talk about navigating this gap and doing it in a way that's light, I think the starting point of all this that helps us kind of couple with what Jesus was talking about is to do life by design rather than by default. To do life by design rather than by default. And what that requires is just a little bit of intentionality. And in a world where you have more things to do than there's time, you, you and I, all of us are going to run out of time before we run out of all the ideas and opportunities we could go pursue. And you know what tends to happen is we're not careful. We end up pursuing the things that scream the loudest, not necessarily the things that actually matter most to us. And so by doing life by design rather than by default, we're able to reverse that order. We can do the things that matter most rather than the things that necessarily scream the loudest. And so I just got a real quick little, little uh, uh, activity that, that we've been doing for many years. I've seen it make a difference in so many, many lives across the board uh, that's been helpful that can help you consistently in line with, with Jesus's version of like doing the gap between where you are and where you want to be, puts you in a place to inherit the possible future that you desire most. And, and, that, and this is not hard, it's not, but it, it's also rarely done consistently. You know, sometimes it's not the difficulty, it's just the discipline. On things, you, you ever notice that? It's like, you know, if I want to lose weight, what do I do? I eat different, I got exercise, right? But man, I love carbs. So, you know, there's, it's, it's just hard, right? So, so here, here's what we do. Here, here's a little, little thing. You have to have a grateful, uh, great, uh, exciting vision in a grateful condition. Exciting vision in a grateful condition. So what we do, and, and I've got a little graphic, if we can show it up on the screen. Um, what, we, what I would recommend you do is, is take a little bit of time and in all these big areas of life you care about, which is going to be your, your, your relational life, your, your physical health, your relationships, your financial health, your spiritual life, and all those, if you can imagine these intersecting circles, because all, all those things are connected. You know, everything is connected. And, and so if, you, if you've got all these big areas of life you care about, think about it, three years from today, if you're writing out the story of your life and you, and you are building that out to say, what does a rich, beautiful life look like for me? in all these areas three years from today. And, and you were to like, like walk through a day in the life of you, a week in the life of you, year in the life of you, what are you doing? What, what, where are you going? What's the daily work look like? Who are you working with? 
what's your financial story look like? What, what are the relationships you have like? What's your physical health look like? What, what's your relationship with God in all those areas? And, and, and really give it some color too. Dream a little bit and have fun. Don't worry about how you're going to do it either. Not yet. You're, we'll get to that. that there, there's a practical application here too. But without a vision, we perish, right? Without, without a vision, we cast off restraint. We begin, you know, without a vision, you know what we do? We trade what we can have immediately and uh, we, we can have ultimately for what we can have immediately. And oftentimes it's a very poor trade, right? And uh, you know why we do it? It's because sometimes we haven't even identified what we want ultimately. We haven't even thought and really spent time and, and, and prayed and said, God, help me see what you see. Help me see and flavor the future with what you see you have for me. And just dream a little bit and be okay if you're wrong. You know, sometimes we can be super, so, so spiritual things that we like are so spiritual. We, we begin to outthink uh, ourselves and we're like, well, this is, you know, I want to make a billion dollars because I'm going to give half of it away. You know, I'm going to do that. And, and don't do that. Just dream a little bit, have fun with it. And, li- and then invite God into the middle of that and say, God, you, this is, I want this to be your vision for my life. I know you ultimately know things I don't know. And I know I'm wrong on a lot of this stuff already because, you know, you ever glad you had an unanswered prayer, right? You're like, Garth Brooks was right, right? He's like, thank God for unanswered prayers. And he answered, he just said no, you know? So it's like, um, but, but think about those things and really dream because that's going to be that exciting vision, that thing that gives you the, 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 uh, the ability to have capacity in your day to, to exchange what you can have immediately because you know what you want ultimately. And it's gonna, you're going to do it not because you're like, it's, oh, it's so hard. It's because you're excited. It's because you want to push towards those things. Then you got to back it down. Then you're going to back it down to, all right, so where am I starting from today? And, and, it, and if I was to back down that three-year vision into a three-month vision to say, wh- wh- where do I, what's a three-month milestone that would be good? Like if I want to, you know, again, exercise is an easy one um, to talk about, but if I want to weigh X amount of pounds in three years, then I, what do I need to, what is a three-year metric for that? Maybe it's I lose three, right? Or wh- whatever it is for you. And, and so what, and then you back it all the way down. You say, what am I specifically going to do that I alone control that's in my hand right now? How can I be faithful over what I've got in order to put myself in the best possible position to receive that future that I want most three years from today? And then you're going to put it on the calendar. Again, none of this is like groundbreaking, but sometimes we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed, don't we? And, and, and this, is, this is what we do here. So in light of that, here's the other thing I want you to do. So you'll have, you'll have your, you know, your three-year, your your 90 day, and then you'll have your, what am I doing about it? With, the, with what's in my hand, and you're going to work like it's up to you and pray like it's all up to God, because it's both. He wants to work with you and walk with you in this. That's the joy of that gap in that life. Now, here's the other thing I'd recommend you do is every morning, one of the practices that I've seen keep that gap healthy between where you are and where you want to be, to where you don't get too lost in the future and become frustrated, you remain excited about it, is just have a gratitude list. Because all of us have in our lives right now things we once prayed for. And it gets real easy to focus on our problems instead of our blessings, right? And, and if you think back and you just sit there and marinate over the things God has done and with the places he's brought you from, all of a sudden those big things that seem so big get really, really small. And you have a different kind of energy. The fuel you're using to navigate your gap is a healthy fuel. It's a, it's a gratitude and it's an excitement. And, and again, it's, it's, this isn't rocket science, but it works. It really, really works. And I want to I give you an example of this. So um, many years ago that I think that I think really teases this out well, I've got lots of stories and things like that that I think do a good job of explaining and kind of giving you an understanding of, of how this uh, lifts people up. But one of the best examples I know 
is many years ago, I had to be almost 10 years now, maybe a little longer. Uh, I was on a business trip. I was uh, going to a town about, I won't tell any towns here in case you're from there. I don't want you offended. Because um, then you got to call Ken, remember? So, uh, but I was on my way and I got about halfway between where I was and where I needed to be. And I realized, hey, I was running low on gas. So I go to pull in the gas station to get gas. I realized I'd forgotten my wallet. Now I don't forget my wallet. And this is before Apple Pay, right? So I had my phone, not my wallet. After a couple failed negotiations with gas station attendants about like taking a credit card over the phone, I ended up at the Wells Fargo that was in this town. And, and I, they agreed because I knew my PIN number to let me take money out. So I needed, I was going to be there for, you know, four or five days. So I had $500 that I got out of there. And so I put the money in my pocket and I'm in a suit, by the way, because the meetings I was going to required a suit. And I asked the attendant, I said, hey, do you know, or the teller, I said, do you, do you know the closest gas station here? Because I'm like on fumes. She said, well, it's about three miles, but trust me, you won't fit in. And I said, what do you mean I won't fit in? She looks me up and down and says, just you won't fit in. And, and so I'm like, well, it's the second closest gas station you have. She said, it's about 15 miles. I said, I don't have 15 miles. I'm going to this other one. So against her advice, I pull up to this gas station. And you got to paint the picture, as I'm getting closer to it, it was like being in a movie, but not a good one. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, the movie that comes to mind is Deliverance, if you've ever seen that. You know, so I'm, I'm pulling in and banjos are playing. I mean, it is, you know, you're, so I, I pull up to this gas station. One pump works. All the rest of them are out of order. And, and, and it's like a, a concrete building. And the way the gas pumps were situated, it, you were like facing the back of the building. There was a bunch of old furniture and a big old long picnic table with about 10 guys sitting around it. And this is Texas in the middle of the summer. It was hot. But they had solved this problem because they had a window unit air conditioner sitting on the table with a long orange extension cord that was plugging it into the wall. And so they're all sitting around it and they all look mad. I don't know why they were mad, but they look mad. And, and, and mostly it was directed at me. So, so I get out, I'm in my suit. And I, they're like, you can't pay at the pump here because apparently people put the gas in and just leave. So I go in, and, and as I go in, I see a couple of the guys get off the bench. One of them was really, really big. Now, I'm not a big man, but this guy was big by anybody's standards, by the NFL-like standards. So, so I, I go in, and these two guys follow me in the store. I'm thinking, maybe they're just here to buy something. And, and turns out they weren't. Later, you'll find out they were there to observe someone, me, right? So, so I go in, and, and as I approach the cash register to pay, I, at first, I thought that the, the, the lady behind the counter, she was in a prayer meeting because she was saying Jesus and God a lot. And then as I realized she was using a lot of other adjectives, she wasn't in a prayer meeting. She's in a fight. And uh, so she's on the phone with somebody and just saying, and then she slams down the phone and looks at me and says, what? And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. I'd just like to get some gas. And she says, okay. And then I, made a, I, reg- I realized I made an error because I had this giant wad of money in my pocket, right? And these guys were watching. And so I'm like, trying to do this, you know, where you're pulling it out over here and you're getting, and I kind of wheel off. They saw everything, right? So I, I give her the money and I'm like, okay. And then I walk out the door and I'm just thinking, please door, don't open up again. Just let them stay inside. Let them stay. God, please let them stay inside. And of course I hear the bell. It opens up again. And then you ever be able to, you, you're not looking, but you just feel someone walking real fast behind you. I was like, oh God, please let it be the little guy. Just not the big guy. And, and then I feel a hand on my shoulder, and he says, stop. And I turn around. It's a big guy. And he said, I know you. I said, well, hello. He said, you used to come to Bartlett Prison every Monday, and I never missed your class. 
I love your message. And then he said, be faithful over your little and God will make you ruler over much. And to give you a little context, so for about a decade of my life, I would spend uh, every Monday at Bartlett Prison with Ron Brigman, Ron Brigman Ministry, Prison Ministries. He's been in prison ministry for like 50 years. And, uh, and in, you know, Ron uh, basically just would say, okay, just talk to him about things you feel like will help them get a leg up in life. And I think, you know, Asked me because he had a lack of volunteers. So, you know, I was the one showing up. So I did. I, I would talk to him about the, just, hey, how to, how to think differently. So you'd wind up in all the things we talked about today, basically, how you can have a grateful condition and you can have an exciting vision. And, 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 and we would talk about uh, Matthew and the parable of the talents where, hey, if you're faithful over your little, God will make you ruler over much, but you got to be faithful over your little. And, and so back to when this, he said, yeah, be faithful over little, God will make you rule over much. He said, it works. I said, it does. He said, he said, yeah, it does. He said, see, I got out of, I got out of prison. He said, and then I got a job. It was a terrible job. He said, but the only job I could get because I had a criminal history. He said, nobody would give me a job. And this people, these people wouldn't even pay me minimum wage, but I showed up every day and I was just faithful to what I was given. I just showed up and I didn't want to stay there. I had a bigger vision for where I wanted to go, but I, I, I was faithful with what I was given. And then he said, I got another guy that hired me because he saw how good of a worker I was. And and, and then, and, and, but he put me under a horrible boss. He said, but I was faithful over what I was given. And then, and then I started working with this tow truck company that one of the other guys that left said, hey, come over here. And, and then I got promoted to the manager and today I own it. And he said, and I've been sitting on that bench all morning feeling sorry for myself about something else that's not working out. And when I saw you, it reminded me of just how far God has brought me from. And I said, well, you won't believe what got me here today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I say all that because I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where, you know, everybody's got different phases of life. Some of you, things are going real well. Um, some of you, it's a struggle and, and you are just up against it right now. And, and life isn't feeling very good. It's very heavy. No matter what, Jesus invites us, come to me, come to me. All you who are tired of carrying heavy loads, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. You'll find rest. The burden I give you is easy. load I give you is light. Have that grateful condition, exciting vision. Be faithful over your little. God is going to put you in charge of much. It just works every single time. God bless you guys. It's great to be with you today. Man, so much there to take away, not just in our practices, but in life as a whole. We hope you enjoyed this special treat, and we look forward to having you join us again here next week. Take care. Take care.